Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James with the rejection. Greer putting the ball on a play. He gets it out deep and have a check field. Who's going to guard Carl Malone? Barkley. They got a team on Antoine Carr. Russell will inbound at half court. Uh-oh. Stockton, open three. Hit John Stockton sends the Utah Jazz to the NBA Finals. Welcome into Home Court Press and Name Change Pending. This is going to be a collaborative effort. Your host, Brian Priest here, joined by Josh Keel. Hello. Josh is stunningly wearing a lot of BYU gear today. It's, I, For me, this isn't that much BYU gear. Yeah, I know. It's actually it's less a, than it's normal. It's a sweatshirt and some socks. It's an awful lot of blue, though. It's a lot of blue. <laughs> I am wearing a lot of blue. That's fair. Uh, well, today we are going to talk the about the 2020 NBA All-Star Game. Yesterday, the All-Star Reserves were announced. So we'll, we'll jump into that, then... After one quick break, we'll come back and talk a little bit of the Utah Jazz. As I said, this will be a collaborative effort between Name Change Pending and Home Court Press. You can find both of these podcasts on any of your major podcatchers. You can also find me on Twitter at bpriest24. Josh, where are they going to find you? On Twitter as well at Rise and Shout, which is R-Y-S-E-N-S-H-O-U-T. Beautiful. Well, let's go ahead and jump into this. So the first thing I want to talk about is the, the new All-Star Game format. The NBA has decided to switch things up a little bit in comparison to how they've done it in the past, uh, and, and also with an eye towards uh, a tribute to Kobe Bryant with, at the end of the game. Right. So t- I'll go over the, the format really quick. Josh seems like he's got some strong opinions on it, but really, it's an, it's an All-Star Game, man. Who cares? Tell the rules, and then we'll, and then I'll talk about okay, it. Okay, all right. Here, so, basically, the first three quarters, the score is going to start at zero. Right. So, you'll have Team LeBron and Team Giannis. Score is zero to start the first quarter. They play the first quarter, and then going into the second, they reset the score back to zero. The winner, the team that wins each quarter is going to donate, basically... Uh, each team will be representing a, a charitable cause right. for each quarter, and the winner of that quarter, the $100,000 will be donated to the charity they were playing for. So right. three charities will re- receive $100,000 for the, those first three quarters, and then in the fourth, they're going to take the totals from, from the first three, add them up, and you're going to start the fourth quarter just like you were keeping score like normal the entire game, and then... The, this is where it gets a little bit wonky. Yeah. They're, they're going to take that score. So say Team LeBron is winning 126 to uh, 116. You should have done way easier math. For no, yourself. no. Trust me. I did do okay. easy math. Listen uh, to this. It's 126. <laughs> so you, they're going to add 24 points to the team leading after three quarters. So if the Team LeBron is 126, then the target score to win the game is going to be 150 points. Right. Uh, whoever gets to 151st in it, if that were the score after three, wins. So it's basically the team leading after three quarters add 24 to their score, right. and the first team to reach that wins the game. Yep. So I, you you you're mad about it. You came in oh. actually. 
I don't want to do this for too long, but you came in actually claiming that the NBA is the best all-star game. Like there's any all-star game that's worth a crap. Well, they uh, all suck. So we have to start with the premise that they all suck. I agree with that premise of the suckiness of them. I feel like the NBA is the better one, partly because it's the whole weekend. And so you have the dunk contest and the three point contest. And when I was growing up, those two things were, were probably a bigger deal than they are right now. So I have that like positive association with the NBA all-star weekend, not just the all-star game. Yeah. And, the all-star game itself is what it is. It's no, no one's playing defense. They, they just kind of do their thing. They're going to score 200 points. And so, uh, but I feel like that's where you get to see a showcase of talents. That, that's the best as far as the, between the um, major league baseball all-star game. Think about, I don't, uh, there's a bunch of things. No, there's a few things I don't like about major league. <laughs> One of the things is that because of the major league all-star game, there's like three dead days in the summer where, there's just no sports because they got breaks between. Yeah, that's the worst that's, part about that's terrible. the MLB that, All-Star break. Don't like that about the MLB All-Star break. Well, it used to be three days. Now the break is like a week. Right. And there's nothing. Yeah. And oh, so, it's miserable. So what am I supposed highlights. to do in, with my time? Exactly. And it's I don't like, know what to do with my hands. There's no other sports that can fill the role. So I don't like that about baseball. But so here's here's what I don't like about this format, right? I don't Charity. Like, I don't. <laughs> First and foremost, charity. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Where I can't trust charitable organizations. No, Probably eighty no, no, percent no. of that money's going to administrative costs. Well you, know? you would hope. So it's hard work to run a <laughs> fraudulent start, charity. It very much is. So um so I don't like that it starts over at zeros because I think that's dumb. Uh, I don't know why you need to start over at zeros. It takes away from the moment, the momentum of the game, especially if it doesn't matter that you're starting over at zeros because in the fourth quarter you're just gonna reapply all the points. I don't like that they're playing to a designated total like a game of, like a game of pickup basketball because if if you're down by 13 going into the fourth quarter now you're down by 39 or like 37 because you got to get the 24 points plus the 13 you're behind so it just adds to your thing instead of having to make up a 13 point difference you have to score 37 in the same space that the team scores 24 so it makes the di- the lead even bigger in the fourth quarter and an impossible comeback who cares it's an all-star game yeah but it's dumb to change the rules of the game <laughs> for no reason and and I, I understand they're like oh kobe bryant's never done anything wrong in his life we need to give big tribute to him, but it's way simpler than changing the entire dynamic of the game to give credit to Kobe Bryant because they're already going to have a moment of silence. You can just make half the teams, half one team wear 24, one team wear eight, call LeBron's team, team Kobe, call Jonas's team, team Bryant, and now we're set. There you go. Okay, now Kobe Bryant's all over the game, and you can just play basketball. You have really strong feelings about. A, a league that you don't even watch in their All Star game. The, I think I think this is a, a little <laughs> bit of a, a parlay from when they started talking about doing in season tournaments and changing the way they do scheduling. And I just think they're ridiculous because with CTE affecting the NFL, all they got to do is hold steady, and the NBA is going to be number one. I don't know why Adam Silver thinks he needs to change every damn thing about the game like this. It doesn't make any sense. We could talk about the mid season tournament later because I. I like that idea too. I think it's yeah. I think it's awesome and it adds intrigue. But whatever, let's uh, let's jump into these all stars. So uh-huh. first of all, local guys: Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, making yep. their first all star appearances uh, of their careers. Gobert, after missing out the last 
two years. Last year, he, he got pretty emotional after not being selected as an all-star. And then Donovan Mitchell in his third year in the league, right. also re- receiving a, a bid to end up in Chicago in February. Yeah. So it's I, it's exciting for the Jazz. It's the first time they've had two all-stars on a team since I believe it was the 2007-2008 season with Memo and uh, Booze. Everybody remembers those teams, right? right? Exactly. Made it to the Western Conference Finals. It's good. Good was teams. It, was it that year they made it to the Conference Finals? I don't know final? if it was the year they made the All-Star, but that team made it to the Western Conference Final with Williams, Booze, Memo. Yeah, yeah, it was that group, was absolutely. That group. Yep. So, and, and that's that's something fun for Jazz fans. Uh, they'll actually see some players in the All-Star game this right. year. They haven't had an All-Star since, oh man, what year was it? Twenty Was it 2016 when Gordon Hayward was an All-Star? Oh, yeah. I believe that's when it was. So, just awesome. We'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit more uh, about Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell and the Jazz when we get to that segment of the podcast. Yep. Uh, then we've also got fir- several first-time All-Stars. The, the All-Star game traditionally has been a lot of veterans. You know, right. it's, it's really tough to for coaches not to select guys like Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook. I mean, we, we saw that this yeah. year. Those two still made the team. But a lot of other former All-Stars – didn't get selected. You know, guys like Paul George, who right. I think he's missed 21 of their 46, yeah. 47 games this year. So that's that's pretty understandable. Kawhi Leonard? Uh, Kawhi Leonard made the All-Star oh, team. Oh, because he's a starter. Yeah, he's a, he's a starter. Yeah. Uh, but look at some of these the first-time All-Stars. It's, like I said, an, an impressive list. You've got uh, Bam Adebayo out of Miami. Ha- he's having an awesome season as far as a, a playmaker and creator at the center position for Miami, playing at the top of the key. Um, also, defensively, he's he's been a force out there in Miami. We've got DeMontis Sabonis. Josh has some strong feelings about him in his Gonzaga <laughs> years. But it's it been excellent for the Pacers this year, especially yeah. in the absence of Victor Oladipo. Right. Jason Tatum with the Celtics making his first appearance also in his third year. And uh, those guys in the Eastern Conference are joined by Trey Young of Atlanta and Pascal Siakam from Toronto making their first-time appearances. Those two are going to be starters for the East. Yeah, And then um, I mentioned Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell with the Jazz making their first appearances. Also, uh, Brandon Ingram with the Pelicans. And, I mean... I'm not going to say it it was the the best deal in the world but that Pel- the deal the Pelicans got for Anthony Davis looks better and better every day. Yes, they yeah. gave up Anthony Davis, a top 3 player in the league. Yeah. But what they got in return, Lonzo Ball's looked good most of the season when he's been healthy. Brandon Ingram, you know, getting his first All-Star appearance and all those mm-hmm. draft picks. Pelicans did good work there. I think the Pelicans are showing the effect of uh the underhanded move by the Pelicans to release the names of the players who wanted to be traded, who the Lakers wanted to trade, because you could see the the huge dip <laughs> in their performance after the after the rumor got out, and then they play that garbage, and then they don't make the playoffs, and then they get moved to the Pelicans, and now they're all playing more up to their potential. They don't they're not living LeBron's shadow. They're actually getting to be themselves, and you can see the the fruits of that the benefiting the the Pelicans right now. They had an awful awful start, or they'd probably be in contention for the playoffs right now because that they so, they are in contention with yeah. the playoffs now and in spite of a 13 game losing streak in yeah. December. Yeah, it's craziness that they that they're even doing that. So, yeah. Uh and then the the last guy as a first time all-star in the West is Luka Doncic. He was also selected as a starter. So, 
three first-time All-Stars making starting appearances in a game. And then, let's see, count this, one, two, three, four, five, six. So nine total first-time All-Stars. It's, um, that's that a lot. seems like a huge number. I don't know yeah. how it, exactly it compares to previous seasons, but I do know that that's an awful lot. Right. Any snubs that stand out to you, Josh? I Personally, I, I look at this list and I, I really agree with pretty much everything. There's a couple yeah. starters I would quibble with, yeah. but even the guys that are starting probably deserve to be all-stars. Yeah. Uh, maybe Russell Westbrook being on the team because uh, I don't like him as much, mm-hmm. but... Uh, you know, uh, the only real person that you could that is even getting any pub for that is Devin Booker, and Devin Booker doesn't really he doesn't play defense. His team isn't as good. They're not winning. He doesn't he doesn't bring everybody else up. I like I can understand why people in Phoenix would think that Devin Booker got snubbed, but outside of Phoenix, I I don't think people really think that. Yeah, I I, I agree. I think that's exactly the case. Suns fans think Devin Booker got snubbed, but when you look at the overall body of work and consider the fact that you got to play both ends of the floor, and if you're not winning games, how valuable are you really? Right. So for me, I think the the biggest snub is, is probably a guy like Jalen Brown with the Celtics. Okay. Uh, you know, Kemba Walker and Jason Tatum made the team for the Celtics, so they are well represented, but they played really well. And, and honestly, when you watch the Celtics, Jalen Brown is in, in a lot of games seems like he's their their most important player in in the clutch in, right. late in games. So kind of surprising that he didn't make it. But again, as I look at this All Star list with the with the East, I mean, really the only person I might argue with a little bit is uh, Kyle Lowry. You yeah. know, maybe it maybe a Jalen Brown replaces Kyle Lowry, but otherwise. I I just I think I think the coaches did a good job this year and they didn't really miss a whole lot. A guy like Carl Anthony Towns missed a lot of games and the fact that the Timberwolves are one of the worst defenses in history when he's on the floor. Yeah. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. I mean, Devin think, Booker, we talked about him. Bradley Beal, the Wizards suck. I think that's an important thing too, is when you look at it, it's not just, oh, does this guy earn an all star, but like who are you gonna take off the team to put Devin Booker on? And when you look at the guards, it's you know, Lillard, Paul Westbrook uh, da, 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 and Donovan, like which which one of those guys are you going to take off the team and tell and say that wasn't a snub if you t- if you put Devin Booker on the team? Yeah, I know I totally agree. So now what Josh and I want to do is it, LeBron and Giannis are are going to have a, a draft of these all stars and then they'll, they'll figure out the teams. That draft is going to be on uh, February seventh. So we're going to do our own draft. Uh, um, Josh, I'm going to let you go first, so you're going to have to pick either LeBron or Giannis. Okay. I'll pick the other, of course, and then we'll just go We'll go back and forth snake draft style. And we get our starters, and we're just picking the reserves? Like, if I pick um, Team LeBron, yeah, I'm yeah. getting LeBron's other four guys as his starters? No. No, I'm picking my team from scratch? Yeah. Okay. It's, I'll take LeBron. You're, so you're taking LeBron, yep. so I got Giannis. Yep. Okay, so I got, I got Giannis. Starters. I'm going to take Luka Doncic. I'll take uh, Anthony Davis. So Anthony Davis. What do you think about Anthony Davis so far this year? People have talked about him as a candidate for Defensive Player of the Year. The Lakers have been terrific so far. What are are your thoughts on him? I think any love that the Lakers get is mostly because they're in L.A. But Anthony Davis is really, really good. I don't think he's Defensive Player of the Year. Like You and I have looked over the stats about how not Defensive Player of the Year worthy he is. Yeah. So uh, to say that, it's just, I mean... 
you can't call it East Coast bias because it's in LA, but it's like big market bias where people are watching that. They want to go to those games. They see it and they think that's that he's doing something special, but he's not really he's not the best defensive player in the West or the league or anything. But definitely when I'm on the team. And I'm I'm really surprised at how quickly and how well he and LeBron have turned the Lakers around. Yeah. So I feel like I mean that's why I picked him because those two already have a mesh, the cohesion that um that they can work well together. So play that in the All Star game mm-hmm. too. Okay, who you got next after um, after AD? I will take. I'll take James Harden. Ah, okay. Got a. He's gonna score a lot. LeBron can get him the ball. AD on on the post, and then James hitting threes. I'm a hundred percent biased. I hate watching James Harden play basketball. I never would have yeah. picked him. You you could have saved him until the last <laughs> pick. You could. You could have him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm biased there. So let's see, Harden's off the board. Uh, I mean, that's most players in the West. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We, Shoot, we might let's have, let's wrap up the West. I'm taking Kawhi. We might have West Coast bias in this room, uh, <laughs> or the top of the West is just better. It could be, could be that too. Could be <laughs> that mean, too. Kawhi, Kawhi's a guy who the load management has definitely been a complaint from fans right. around the league, especially as he. Travels to you know some of the Eastern Conference teams that they're only going to face once, and he might not be playing. But he, when he's on the floor, Kawhi is a top three player in the league and one of the most dangerous guys on the floor on on both ends of the court. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, well, let me get let me get him. One thing about him in an All Star game is I don't know if he cares, and when he's unmotivated, I don't know how hard he'll play. That's okay. So that's all right. I, I mean, it's about the fans, right? It is about the fans. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, so I he, got Kawhi. He clearly doesn't care about fans, Brian. He doesn't even play all the games. I got a, I got an awful lot of forwards here. Luka Doncic likes to handle the ball, mm-hmm. but uh, let me get she. Let me get Pascal. Pascal Siakam, guy who won the uh, six man of the or most improved player last year, right? And somehow is actually being talked about for most improved a second year in a row. <laughs> like he he basically had taken the production from Kawhi Leonard and and replaced it. Right, uh, and the the Raptors haven't missed a beat after winning the title last year. I, it's been I, amazing. I think if you went back to our our league preview show, I don't know if any of us picked the Raptors in the top four of the of the East. And I don't think we, so. Then we, you know, we were not high on them because we figured, oh, you're going to lose Kawhi, you're just going to fall off, and Pascal has kept him afloat going forward. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's me. Yep, I'll take. Uh, even though I don't like him much as a person, I'll take Joel Embiid. Okay. He's a, he's a guy I considered for my last pick. He's, he's kind of a, he's like an all star personality. Yeah, yeah, he he is. He kind of sometimes he's a whiny baby, but sometimes he's not. I don't know, but he he kind of a hit. He's kind of a hit and miss to me. So we'll see how he does in the all star game. Okay, my turn again. Yep. Do I have to keep picking starters, or can I go to reserves? You got to take the starters first. Uh, That's my understanding. That's the rule okay. we're gonna play okay. by. Well, in that case, I guess I'll take Trey Young. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. I really didn't want to have to take Trey Young. I don't love either of those last two choices either way, so it was a coin toss. I mean, Trey Young is a guy who who's had a good a good season. Um, definitely a fan favorite, obviously, yeah. with his selection as a starter. He, he's a guy who goes out, puts up numbers on the offensive end, uh, gets a lot of assists most games, but frankly, I... <laughs> I don't know. He's 
a huge defensive liability. Yeah. And I I don't get the impression watching the Hawks. And this this is a surprise to me. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just the collection of talent that they have this year. But it doesn't seem like that team really enjoys playing with Trey Young. Right. So I don't mind you taking that one. Yeah. I, I don't love him. I wouldn't pick him on another team, but this all-star game, and that's why I asked if I had to pick starters because there's – I was when you were talking about the West being deeper than the East, I, that's who I looked at was Trey Young, and I thought, how many reserves from the West would start for the East ahead of Trey Young given if a coach just had his choice? And most of the guards in the West would start ahead of Trey Young, yeah. the reserves. Yep. I wonder, too, one thing that's annoying about the uh, – the fan voting is he's from a huge city in Atlanta and he's from a region where that's the basketball team. Mm-hmm. So he's going to get a lot of votes because of the population of the city. Yeah. More like I joke with you guys about Caruso out, out voting uh, Donovan <laughs> I'm surprised Mitchell, you didn't bring right? up Alex Caruso well, in the snubs portion. Yeah, I thought about it, but you know, um, <laughs> but like the fact that he's, he's ahead of Donovan Mitchell in votes is strictly an LA thing. I mean, he's not even good. He's just white. And does a couple of flashy dunks, and so people love him. But he's in LA, so he's going to get a lot of votes. And so I wonder how much of that affects Trey Young too. Yeah, no, I mean you make make a very good point. I think it's that Atlanta market is the reason why yeah. he was selected as a starter. Uh, my second pick here, I already I already took Kemba, so that wraps us up for the starters on each team. Um, I I don't know if this is a surprise pick or not. I'm going to go with uh, Nikola Jokic. Hmm. Yeah, I would have thought you would go with uh, Rudy Gobert first. Uh, of course, after a, it, last night, I can understand why you'd go with Nikola Jokic. Wow. Recency bias. Wow. It's just, it's a three-game losing streak. They're fine. Based on last I'm night. I'm not worried. Based on last night, Devin Booker should have been in ahead of Donovan Mitchell. Oh my God. Strictly based on last night. Oh, my God. So Jokic started off the season slow, but he, he's been what I think most people expected him to be for the last two months of, of the season. All right, what you got? I'm going to take Dame Dollar. Nice. Good pick. Damian Lillard has been the hottest player in the NBA over the last week. I think he scored 50 twice. I think he scored 60 once and 50 once. He was averaging 52. Uh, when I watched his game on Thursday night, I think Thursday night, when they were playing the uh, Rockets. And they said over the last three games, he'd been averaging 52 points. Oh. Well, thankfully, the uh, Jazz juggernaut defense recently gets to go up to Portland and face him on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I'm not looking forward well. to that. How how deep do you think the losing streak goes before they get a stop? We'll talk about that later. Something to think about. You're mean. All right. Um, I will go with. This is my, this is my second pick, right? Yep. I'll take. I'll take Jimmy Butler. Okay. Okay. I just like his attitude, his intensity. I, I like Jimmy Butler just as a player. Yeah, I think he's a good leader, too. Yeah, I think Jimmy Butler has a, an unorthodox leadership style that works for the right personalities. Yeah. It's limited, though. That's fine. You can, still, yeah. you can be a good okay. leader for a limited group of people. All right, I'll take it. As long as you're with the right group of people, that still makes you a great leader. Give me Don. Yeah, I'm I'm willing to leave the jazz players for you. You're welcome. Give me Don. I, Donovan Mitchell. I, we we talked about him a little bit. We don't need to cover him a, a whole yeah. lot more. I I love what he has done, the way he's improved in his career, and I think he's a perfect all-star game player. Yeah, He's going to be a guy that'll be fun to watch. For my second pick, let me get, um, gosh, I have an awful lot of bigs. 
No, I want a guy who doesn't need a ton of touches. Give me Bam Adebayo. Mm, nice. That's a little early. All right. Okay. But yeah, Bam, awesome defensively. Uh, he's been uh, he's been a revelation down in Miami. So I like Bam. I like yeah. his game. Miami got two all-stars. Remember when Jimmy Butler went to Miami and everyone acted like he was a crazy person for going to Miami? Yeah. And yeah. now they're like around third in the East to getting two all-stars. They're good. I guess he knew something that everybody else didn't know. All right, I'll, I'll take uh, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum off the board. Okay. So that wraps up our Celtics coverage for the day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Tatum. I mean, he's the best player coming out of that draft class. I think we can all agree to that. <laughs> Jason Tatum is is a really interesting case for me because depending on who you talk to and depending on the day, sometimes people would tell you that overall he's he's disappointed uh, based on his talent and, and what people thought he would be three yeah. years into his career. But he, he's making an all-star game and – I, I mean, I think he's a, I think he's a really good player. I don't know if Jason Tatum will ever be a great player. Yeah, uh, he's not a he's not the cornerstone of your of your franchise, but he's a really good piece of your franchise. Yep. Uh, my turn again, right? Yep. All right, I will take. Hmm. I guess I'll take Ben Simmons. Okay, well, that's another pick I probably I wouldn't you, have made. I know you wouldn't make. Not that a not a Ben Simmons fan. I just. He has made what two threes this year? Or is it just one? Uh, I think it was but, one in preseason and and one in the regular of, season. But I know of one. It, here's, just, here's the thing: an important piece to note about these teams is that we're not picking a team to like try and win a championship. We're just picking an all-star game team. I just picked a guy who can throw lots of oops to my guys, Anthony, LeBron, and those type of players. Right? I got Damian who can shoot deep threes and be impressive on the thing. They're more all-star type players. I, I don't know that I'd pick Ben Simmons if I was trying to win a playoff series because you can sag your guy to the free throw line every time he's got the ball above the three-point line and you don't have to guard him up there. So you can just pack the lane. So for an all-star game, I'll take him. But if it was a regular thing, I wouldn't have taken him this early. Okay, fair. So my next two picks are going to go rapid fire here. Brandon Ingram and Chris Paul. Ingram has been awesome on the wing. He's everything that people thought he was going to be coming out of Duke, I believe, four years ago. And Chris Paul has had a resurgent season in Oklahoma City. He's he's leading that team, a team that a lot of people thought was going to be a, a seller dweller in the West and a, a possible um, sell candidate at the mm-hmm. trade deadline. Chris Paul's led them to they're either seventh or eighth in the west right now and it's just yeah. it's been impressive if he could stay healthy that team should make the playoffs yeah i think this to me this has been one of the most impressive performances chris paul had because just what you were saying they seemed like a garbage team before the season started and he's managed to figure it out and make his teammates better and keep them in the playoff contention so I agree. yeah you've also put me in kind of a no-win situation here i was trying to give you rudy gobert but you didn't take him, and I'm not taking Sabonis or Westbrook, so I'll take Rudy Gobert. Okay, let me tell you why I didn't take Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. Because I had a ton of fun watching the U.S. play France over the summer and watching Donovan go against Rudy Gobert. Uh, yeah. I want to see it again for 48 minutes. Nice. It's, nice. it's fun because you know Donovan will challenge Rudy at least right. a couple of times. He's, right. he's going to target him and be like, all right, big man, can you stop me? Yeah. yeah and yeah, Rudy... Yeah. Rudy's going to be all for it. It'll yeah. be fun to watch. And then Chris Middleton is my other guy. Middleton, okay. You yeah. got a shooter. Middleton put up 50 points the other night yep. in a win for the Bucks while Giannis was sitting 
a guy who was making his second all-star appearance. His first was last season. Yeah. Good player. He snapped that dude's ankle, too, on that one fake drive at the three-point line, step back. Oh, I didn't even see any a, highlights. Put a guy on his back. Did he? Yeah, like literally like on his back. dropped him. Dropped him to that's, the ground. It was that's nice. fun. During that 50-point game. I mean, oh, I got to write down your, your picks there. So mm-hmm. Gobert and Chris Middleton? Yes, sir. Okay. Let me see. There's only two left. I got, there's three left. Who's the third? We got Kyle Lowry, Demonis Sabonis, and Russell Westbrook. Give me, give me Sabonis and Lowry. I don't want to touch Westbrook. Uh, (laughs) I didn't see Kyle Lowry was available. Uh, That's why I was leaving you Sabonis and Westbrook. I guess I got (laughs) Westbrook. (sighs) So, team, team Priest, we're looking at. Giannis, Luca, Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam, Kemba Walker, the Joker, Nikola Jokic, Donovan Mitchell, mm-hmm. Bam Adebayo, Brandon Ingram, Chris Paul, Kyle Lowry, and the Montes Sabonis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What you got? I got LeBron, AD, Harden, Trey, Joel, Ben Simmons, Chris Milton, Jason Tatum, oh, Jimmy Buckets. Uh, Damian Lillard, Rudy Gobert, and Russell Westbrook. And I don't know how Damian and Russ are going to get along on the same team, but I guess I'll have to do it this one time. You know, I feel like it shouldn't bother me as much as it does, and I know you're you're mostly just screwing with me, but every time you say Gobert, it just <laughs> it just grates at me. It, it's upsetting. That's what I'm going for. That's why I say yeah, it that way. Yeah, I know. I just I shouldn't give you that satisfaction. Do you what I call him Rudolph? Rudolph Gobert? Is that? <laughs> uh, I, I call him... Uh, what do I call him? I call him Rudith a lot. Nice. Yeah, nice. a lot of Rudith mentions could, in the uh, the priest Graham household. We could call him Rugo and Domi. Let's not do that. Rugo is Rudy Gobert, and then Domi is Donovan Mitchell. Car Ramrod. <laughs> Car Ramrod. What's that? It's just a Super Troopers reference <laughs> for anybody who's wondering. Uh, so really quick, we'll wrap up this segment and look at the schedule for the All-Star break. All-Star break is going to start on, I believe, the last games played before the break are going to be Wednesday, February 12th. We'll have the NBA Celebrity All-Star Game, a must-watch for everybody Absolutely. involved. Another thing that makes it the best All-Star Game Absolutely. in the country. That's going to be at uh, 7 Eastern on Friday night, February 14th. A little Valentine's Day action. Josh, nice, nice. Get, get the wife I'll, in front of the TV. Watch the celebrities. Yep. Then uh, that that Friday night as well, right after the celebrity game, is going to be the Rising Stars Challenge. So those first and second year players in the league. Um, I think it's still a, a world versus America format. Will they, Jazz have anyone on that? Nope. That'll also be Friday, February 14th at 9 Eastern. So double header for you on that Valentine's Day. Definitely going to get lucky after that. There's nothing my wife likes more than watching strangers play pickup basketball. I know it. I know it. She loves watching sweaty men. Loves it so much. It's the best. It really is. (laughs) And uh, All-Star Saturday night, the big one, it's going to start at 8 o'clock Eastern. So 6 o'clock here in the Mountain Time Zone. That's going to include your dunk contest, your three-point contest, your skills competition. Honestly, if I'm looking at All-Star Weekend, I think the skills competition is the most fun to watch because it's just impressive to see how good some of those guys are. Right. With it, just like It's skills that you don't really think about a whole lot until yeah. you're watching them do it, and you're like, 
Damn, that's pretty good. Yeah, especially good when them. the big guys do it. You yeah. get a, you get a six ten dude out there throwing you know thirty foot bounce passes in, yeah. into a little net, and you're like, huh? I wonder how yeah, many tries that would take me. Then Jokic do the skills competition yeah. last year, and very impressive. Yep. So it'll be all all three of those. The uh, dunk contest lost some some luster recently. I know that Dwight Howard and Aaron Gordon are going to be participating. Yeah, and I just think to myself, who cares? Yeah, they been did, there, done that. If you're gonna change something about the weekend, it needs to be like move the rim up, turn it turn it into a 12 foot rim dunk contest to be more impressive. Something that's not a bad point. Something that that's something that you could uh, you could change. That's not just altering everything about the game that could make it more entertaining. Yeah, and then uh, the actual All Star game itself is going to be Sunday night, eight Eastern, six o'clock Mountain. And that's going to be on TNT. So the All-Star Saturday night, the the All-Star game, and the Rising Stars Challenge all will be on TNT. And mm-hmm. make sure you get your ESPN tuned up for that celebrity game, Josh. Will do. Will do. Do we know who the starters in that game are? Nope. No I'm sure, clue. I'm sure Kevin Hart will be involved. He does that sort of thing. Uh, but with that, we were going to take a quick break. And then we, when we return, we'll talk a little bit about the Utah Jazz and their recent three-game losing streak. Thank you for listening to this episode of Name Change Pending. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Name Change Pending and subscribe to get the newest episodes of the podcast and to check out photos of hosts Josh Keel, Tommy Jerome, and Brian Priest as we travel the continent to do what we love, watch sports. Also, I know you've got a lot going on today, but if you could take two minutes out of your busy schedule to give the podcast a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice, we would greatly appreciate it. Those algorithms can be tricky, and all I know is that five-star ratings jump us up the lists. So thanks for tuning in, and now back to the show. Welcome back to our podcast. Hey, Josh, with the introduction there. Thanks, man. You're welcome. Good. Being helpful. Take it. Go with it. Uh, Tell us all about it. What are we doing? We're gonna Who ta- is this? We're going to... This is the uh, Name Change Pending and Home Court Advantage Home podcast? Court Press. Home Court Press, sorry. Home Court Press. You are so close. On the K-Bear Network with Brian Priest. Where can we find you at uh, on Twitter, Brian? Uh, I've got a Twitter account at bpriest24, B-P-R-E-E-C-E 24. Nice. And you can Not related to Kobe Bryant. That was my oh, number. Before you, Kobe switched to it. It's not a tribute to the man, the myth, the legend? It's not. Okay. You can find me, Josh, at Twitter at Rise and Shout, R-Y-S-E-N-S-H-O-U-T. Awesome. So we just got done talking about the All-Star break coming up, and now let's take a quick look at the Utah Jazz. Jazz, after an excellent stretch where they won 19 out of 21 games, now on a three-game losing streak. And before last night when they led for a significant portion of the game, the, the previous three games, the, a win against the Dallas Mavericks and losses to the San Antonio Spurs and Houston Rockets. The Jazz led for roughly a total of five minutes in those three games combined. Dang. It's, uh, it's been kind of a tough stretch. They, they really struggled against those three Texas teams. They go into Denver last night and – Playing pretty well overall, and then late in the third quarter, the, their offense hit a, a stretch of futility that Jazz fans haven't seen in a couple months. Right. I mean, plus, twenty a twenty-four to one Nuggets run between the third and fourth quarter. Twenty-four and plus side, they're still nineteen out of tw- the last twenty-four. Plus side, they're still the nineteen out of the last twenty-four wins. Yeah. See, there you so go. You nineteen out of twenty-four. Lining. I'll take that yep. in the in the grand scheme. 
Right. Uh, uh, so when I was hearing breakdowns of the game, the one thing that I heard that I thought was interesting, and you watch more of them than, than I do, so you'll be able to speak to this maybe a little better, but they said that one thing that's causing problems in the whole Texas trip and also caused problems for them last night was that they ran into teams who can switch one through five, and when teams are switching one through five on the Jazz, their offense starts to stagnate a little bit. They can't mm-hmm. get the blender going, and that, that might be something to look for going forward as like a trend of – how athletic is the team they're playing? And, and I, so I was thinking about it as they, they keep losing to Houston in the playoffs, and that's the team that really started the one th- switching one through five on them. Yeah. So is it scarier if they're a three seed and they have to play Houston as a six seed because of the because of the matchup? Not necessarily because Houston is inherently better than the Jazz, but just they got you know Clint Capella who can who can match up. They got Russell Westbrook who's a tough matchup, and they got you know James Harden who obviously is going to get fifty free throws a game. Well, after losing the last two years to the Rockets in the playoffs, as you mentioned, yeah, I think you have to be concerned about the matchup to to some degree. I, I, I don't really think overall the Rockets are a, a better team. I don't think they're they're a deeper team at this point, as currently constituted. Don't know what they'll look like in April. We've got the trade de- trade deadline coming up. Also, going to have the uh, the buyouts and and waiver claims and things like that so they they could make some changes on that roster i don't know if i necessarily expect them to but yeah matchup wise i definitely would worry about facing the rockets um and then you know even like a team such as san antonio i think the jazz would beat san antonio in a seven game series right now but i think the spurs because of the way that they play and how it's so contradictory to the the way the rest of the league plays with their their mid range game and so much focus on that that they're going to give the Jazz trouble. So there's there's some teams that I think the Jazz are better than as a team, but they could struggle against when you get into the playoffs. So it's yeah, it's definitely. I don't. I don't want to sit here and act like this three-game losing streak is, is indicative of a team falling off and and really struggling. Every team is going to go through bad stretches. The the Jazz offense over that twenty-one game stretch, they were the best offense in the history of basketball in offensive rating over one hundred and twenty. So yeah. basically, they were scoring one hundred and twenty points for every one hundred possessions, and that's literally the best offense in NBA history. Like the the Warriors. The 73-win Warriors were about 116 gotcha. for that season, to give some comparison there. I, and that means some regression to the norm, right? regression to the mean. That's that's going to happen. I, I'm not really concerned as I, as I see this stretch. There, there's definitely some things that they, they're going to have to work on. They're going to need to improve. Um, I, I still think that... The front office is is going to be looking for the right deal uh, in terms of a a backup center specifically or possibly at the power forward position. The problem is I just don't think that deal is out there based on what the contracts have that are available to trade. They've got a bunch of minimum deals. And Ed Davis uh, uh, with another year on his deal at about yeah. five million. So really, just very little, if anything, that they can look to acquire at the trade deadline. Maybe they would be a buyout candidate for some players that, that, that could get released in the the coming days. But I, I, for the most part, I think this is the Jazz team that we're going to have, and I think this is. I still think this is a team that can contend for a championship. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that having a three game losing streak in the NBA is the end of the world. You know, a lot of, in other sports that that's a big, big deal, but you play so many NBA games that it's just, it's yeah. going to happen. People are going to get tired. You, um, 
like you were saying, it looked like uh, Donovan may have got hurt a little bit in yeah. San Antonio, mm-hmm. and then he played like garbage against uh, Denver. You know, if he even gets half his average, then they then they win the game. Yeah, but he had four points I, at one point. He was zero for ten. Mm-hmm. So zero for eleven. Yeah. No, he was one for eleven. He hit his eleventh shot. Yeah. So I mean, anytime you get one one for eleven from Donovan Mitchell, it's gonna be tough. The fact that you know Jordan Clarkson went off is the only reason it wasn't a disturbing blowout last night. Thanks for tuning in to Home Court Press. This is your host, Brian Priest. You can find me on Twitter at bpriest24, and you can find Home Court Press on any of your major podcatchers and also at kbear.com. Just on the main webpage scroll, you'll find Home Court Press. Click on that, and we're going to have plenty of Utah Jazz content, podcasts. We'll have videos from practice and anything else that comes up during this Utah Jazz season. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I mean, really, you're you're right. That was a point I wanted to bring up with with Donovan. Not listed on the Jazz injury report right now, but I I do wonder if there's just you know a slight issue with that hip on the second night of a back to back. It might be a little bit sore, and you know, for a a guy, um, a, a jump shooter like Donovan Mitchell from the perimeter, a, a hip soreness could have a significant impact on him especially in that back-to-back where he didn't have any time to rest and and rehab that hip over you know in between games i don't know if that explains the one for 12 four points last night over six from the three-point line i really don't know if that explains it but again i i'm not that worried everybody has a bad game yeah that was worse than you would expect any star to to play but it happens. Does it concern you that um, all three losses have come to teams who have depleted starters, like uh, against the the Rockets? Uh, Eric Gordon went off, but they didn't have Harden or uh, Harden, Westbrook, or Capella at that game. Then the Spurs were missing starters too, and then last night uh, Jamal Murray didn't play. Yeah, so the Spurs were missing LaMarcus Aldridge, and then uh, the Nuggets last night were missing Gary Harris for personal reasons, and then they, they've been missing Jamal Murray, Paul Millsap, and Mason Plumley for um, it, varying deg- amounts of time, but they've been without yeah. those guys. Uh, when you, you bring that question up, no, not really, because... Like there, there is a degree of of concern when I look at it. Like why can't why ha, not why can't they? But why didn't they take advantage of those situations with with teams that are were depleted, right? To a degree, but that's also I, I think an underrated component of that is it's it's really difficult to game plan for a team that's missing sixty percent of their starters because they're they're not necessarily going to play the way they have all season. They're not going to play the way their film dictates that they would. So it's right. it's really tough to, like with the Rockets, it's really tough to account for and game plan for P.J. Tucker at six foot seven. I mean, a fire hydrant playing a majority of, of minutes at center because you, you just don't see that. Nobody plays that way, and the, the Rockets haven't played that way all year. Yeah. Then you look at the Spurs game, um, interesting note that I, I heard yesterday was Rudy Gay, uh, I think it was three years ago, maybe four seasons ago with Sacramento, played like three minutes total at center. And outside of that, Rudy Gay had never played center in his NBA career. Uh, in that Spurs game, he played, I think, 27 minutes at center. Okay. Again, there's no way you can you can account for that. Plus... 
Yes, LaMarcus Aldridge has the name of a star. He, he was an all-star last season, ha, has been an all-star in multiple years. But the, the fact is, when you look at the numbers, the Spurs have been significantly worse with LaMarcus Aldridge on the floor. So it, you see that name on the injury report listed as out, and your first thought is, well, that's a big loss for the Spurs. But yeah. it might not be as big of a loss as you think it was. They, they I, I believe watching that game that the Spurs benefited not having LaMarcus Aldridge in there. Plus their their mid-range game, that was the way they shot the ball from from mid-range especially is frankly not replicable. And it's just <laughs> yeah. one of those times it, the Jazz played the Blazers once last year and the Blazers did that where I, I think C.J. McCollum and Dame each had 30 points at the half. Yeah. Jazz gave up 70, I think they gave up 74 in the first half. And at no point were they in that game, just because the, the Blazers came out and they were hot, and it was you just weren't going to stop them. It didn't matter who they were playing. Yeah, and that, that's what the Spurs game was. That's why, um, in the recap of the Spurs, that's why I kind of read about and heard about was that uh, Demarcus DeRozan was like uh, Demar DeRozan. I mean, was just destroying analytics every time he plays basketball because yeah. you're, you're supposed to only take layups and three pointers, and he's so efficient at the mid range game that. Nobody even pretty much guards him there anymore because they expect him to either try to get a layup or hit a three-pointer so he can get wide-open shots, and he's just a bucket anytime he gets the ball in there. And no one has a strategy for defense on that because it's so different than all the other things that they're going to see yep. every other game of the year. Yeah, DeMar DeRozan uh, from 8 to 18 feet is lethal, probably the best shooter in the game. Yeah. And, and he probably – I would say – I mean, he had his his highest scoring output of the season, thirty eight against the Jazz. It had to have been his best shooting night of the year. He yeah. he was dominant. There was there was nothing they could do. I mean, Royce O'Neal is the the Jazz best perimeter defensive player, and they not only did Demar Rosen torch the Jazz defense, but he targeted Royce O'Neal and just destroyed him. Yeah, I, it was just, it was one of those games. It's so, going to happen. Sometimes it's just going, and it doesn't matter what the other guy's doing to put a hand in your face or try to mess you up. If, yep. it's, if it's going, it's going, and there's just nothing that can be done about it. Yeah, once that ball gets rolling downhill, that's, you and I both play a lot of basketball, or yeah. I have played a lot of basketball. <laughs> you still do play a lot of basketball, and I, if if you've played ball enough, everybody's had those days where it's just – the buckets is as big as the ocean, and it yeah. doesn't matter what you throw up or who's guarding you; it's going in. Yeah. So yeah. It, it that was good. It, it was one of those days for DeRozan. And then the last topic I wanted to bring up is let's, let's take a look at Mike Conley a little bit. Mike yeah. Conley, a huge offseason acquisition for the Jazz. Uh, he was a guy that a lot of people looked at when the, when the Jazz were able to make the trade for him with Memphis. Uh, they, a lot of people think that that vaulted the Jazz into championship contention. It, it's been a disappointment so far. Uh, he's been he's missed a lot of games. He's probably the with highest, a hamstring injury. Well, he's Sorry. Probably the highest paid backup point guard in the league. He's not starting because of the injury. Uh, he he will be a starter again. Um, frankly. I don't. I don't know. I. I don't know what to think. I. I'm not gonna act like it, he. He lost it. He's only 32 years old, right. but it's it's possible. It's possible he slipped. He's he's a small point guard, and his his effectiveness at the rim has dropped every year, and that's typically a sign of aging and a loss of athleticism. So there there are some things to be concerned about. The the Jazz 
Uh, defense has been significantly better with Mike Conley in the lineup. He has struggled offensively. But from my perspective, I love that the Jazz swung for the fences. They, they made a big move to get Mike Conley, and they said, this is the year. We're going all in. We're going for it. It doesn't matter who your team is or what the professional sport is. If your team makes an all-in swing like that, you're excited. You, right. you, that's what everybody wants their teams to do. But the fact is it doesn't always work out. Yeah. Sometimes those things go awry. And because of the injury, I feel like his comfort level, like I saw him play early in the year and it didn't seem like he was that comfortable in the offense, which would be tough playing in, in the same place and having a level of comfort in Memphis from just being there forever and then moving to a new place and just all the different changes that happen. So then getting hurt, it, it kind of puts that on pause and you don't get to build your familiarity with your teammates, get a, get a rhythm for how your offense is playing, and then having the offense go off like you were saying and being the best offense ever when you're not playing, it would be tough to step in and then try to fill that role when the role isn't there for you right now. And so you're just trying to like – you know, fill in the gaps wherever you can and discover what your role is and be expected to be a $30 million a year player. Yeah, I, 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 you you touch on it right there. There's so many things playing into this Mike Conley situation from he he's playing a role on this team that he's never had to play in his career. He's always been the first or second option. And frankly, if he's the fourth option, that he's he's the fourth option at best with the Jazz, typically. Right. And that's why it's, it's been good to see him playing more minutes with the bench because it does put the ball in his hands more often, and he, he is better with the ball in his hands. Uh, Decision-making ha- has been a struggle, but you know, then the, the second point, he, he's playing a role he never has. He's, he's coming to a team and playing a system that he's never played. He's never played... A, a high pick and roll game with a big that rolls to the basket. It's always right. been a big that is, is more often going to pick and pop. Like Carl Malone used to do with John Stockton. Malone, he would roll to the basket, but a lot of times he would also set that screen and then step back to hit a jumper. Right. And Mark Gasol, that was the, the uh, center that Connolly spent most of his career with in Memphis. He was a pick and pop guy, yep. especially the later years of his career. And so with Rudy Gobert, that's been a huge adjustment. Not having the ball in his hands has been a huge adjustment. And then you mentioned the just the contract as well. If you're making $32 million and you have any professional pride, and let's face it, Mike Conley, you can say a lot of things about the way he's played this year, but as a, as a person and a professional, he is everything you would want for a franchise. Right. Absolutely right. everything. So you know he's got a huge amount of personal pride and so knowing that he's making $32 million and he's struggling, kind of natural to think he might be pressing at times, right? Right, right. I mean, would you? Uh, absolutely. And I feel like, like you were saying, it's good to have him play with the uh, with the backups because that's more of his natural role. You can get him the ball more. He can be the, you know, if he's on the if he's in the lineup with the backups, he can be the first or second scorer on the, on the court. But if he's with the starters, he's out there with Donovan, Bogey, Gobert, Jingles, and him, he might be the fifth option because yeah. all those other guys can get theirs, and especially they've been doing it. So it's like – Okay, we'll put him with another with the other uh, with the second guy, so he can be more successful and maybe get his flow going. Yeah, it's it's just going to be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out. I haven't lost any confidence due to this three game losing streak. Uh, I I look forward to seeing what the Jazz do for the rest of the year. I fully expect them to get home court advantage at least for the first round of the playoffs. And really, all all you can ask for from your team in the NBA is 
make it to the the second round, be one of the final eight teams. And at that point, because uh, I mean, you look at last season as as a perfect example. I, I mean, that postseason was the the Raptors winning the championship last year was due almost as much to the attrition throughout the yeah. their their opponents in the playoffs from the Warriors with their injuries. Yep. Um the the Sixers were dealing with a lot of injuries when the Raptors beat them. Yep. Just players were dropping left and right last year and the the Raptors were able to come out on top. So if you can make it to that final eight, anything can happen. Yeah. I, I think the Jazz have the the team that's gonna be capable of scoring against pretty much every playoff defense. And really the question to me uh, as far as how far the Jazz can go this year, is will their defense be good enough, consistently enough, for them to be successful? Because when you you look at the numbers, unfortunately, they're having as many bad defensive games as they are great defensive games, yeah. and it's so that's that's tough if you can't depend on that consistency. But with Quinn Snyder, I, I've never seen a Quinn Snyder coach team not improve as the season goes along and he's not a guy to rest and just let things work themselves out like you know he's he's in front of a a a monitor right now watching tape and figuring out how do we fix this how do we improve our defense what do we have to do and like before the season i don't think anybody picked the jazz to be the second place team in the west like that's just that's just gravy if they are a top two seed. Yeah. The, like the the best predictions were, well, they can be a top four seed. They can have home court in the first round, depending on who the one and the two are. You know, get the matchup you want in the second round and see what happens. But uh, going on that crazy streak kind of uh, adjusts expectations, and then it feels like more of a disappointment when they're back to where before the season you expected them to be in the first place. So it's good to keep that like kind of broader perspective of, well, if, if you'd have told me before the season they'd have you know 50 wins at this point in the season, I'd have taken that. It sucks that the, these last three happened the way they did, but uh, I'd be happy with, with this result before the season started. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's uh, it's just kind of being aware, it's taking a step back, and don't be so so in the moment. I, I preach it a lot, but it's 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 the 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 process right. of everything. It's not the the immediate results that are such a big deal. It's the process. Yep. And yeah, three game losing streak, but they're going to be I believe they're going to be better next week than they are right now and this this is just a team that works too hard and a coaching staff that works too hard to let this season fall apart. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. And they can even it all out cuz they got Houston and Denver coming back next week, so you win those home games instead of losing the road games and now it, it all just crosses itself out and you start over with the next three yep. or the, the last two, not the last three. Yep, exactly. And that's, <laughs> unless you have anything else, Josh, that's going to wrap us up for this uh, collaborative effort between home court press and name change pending. No, sir. It's all good stuff. Awesome. And uh, thanks for listening to the pod today. Tune in next week because I'm sure we'll have some more new and exciting content. And apparently there's a big game on Sunday. So maybe we'll talk about that after. It's possible. Know. You'd rather see Andy Reid get his first Super Bowl win or Jimmy Garoppolo? Let's go Niners. I think the Niners are going to win. but I can't root for either of the teams. I just uh, I, would, I just don't want the Chiefs to win, but I'm not going to cheer for the 49ers. I'm the same way. I, I'm, a, I'm the opposite, actually. I don't want the 49ers to win at all for personal reasons because of the people I work with. But, uh, but I'm not a huge Chiefs fan either. It's just I don't want to hear about the 49ers having won the Super Bowl for the next year. That's a truth fact. Thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend.